Our uh, time together tonight will be our memory verse, so it's Galatians 5.24. And as you turn there, I would just like to share just a few moments of what the Lord has been doing in my life this past while. Um, as you know, 2022 was a very difficult year for me, going through two surgeries. Uh, 2023 was a, a year of healing and, and mending and regrouping with the Lord, as you will. He was the one regrouping, I was the one submitting and surrendering and humbling myself before him. And uh, 2024, the uh, Lord has granted me a job, which is far more than I deserve or can imagine. Uh, he is um, faithful when we are faithless. You begin to doubt and wonder. And I had, a lot of re- have a, I had a lot of repenting to do on the way to the job interview, um, just doubting God and his goodness. But he really just, even without me asking for the different things that I was hoping for, they just continued to offer them and offer them as like, <laughs> where do I sign? I'm, I'm just grateful for him. So thank you for your prayers. Thank you for, um, as a church body, as my brothers and sisters in Christ, for just being there and um, helping us along. Uh, much encouragement. We re- really appreciate that. So praise his name. So let's uh, have a word of prayer before we begin our study. Again, it's Galatians 5, verse 24. Father, we come before your throne of grace. Thank you for this day, um, for your goodness towards us, for giving us breath, for allowing us to be here. You are good, and you do all things well, and we adore you for that. Father, I pray that you open up this verse to us, that it might um, strengthen us, it might convict, or it might do the job that it needs to do, and we allow the Holy Spirit, we want the Holy Spirit to do that for us, Father, that would illuminate us. Uh, We ask all these things in your Son's name. Amen. So, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Just real simply, I see two thoughts here. The first thought, what does it mean to belong to Christ? That's the first part of the verse. The second part, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. I think we have to take note there of that word have. It's past tense, which means it has already happened. So you wonder now, how has that happened was my first question. So for us to better understand this verse, uh, it's helpful to understand that Paul wrote this um, to the uh, Jewish false teachers who had wanted the um, Gentiles to go through the rites and religious of the Jewish go through the rites and rituals of the Jewish religion before allowing them to become Christians. So it was against this heresy that Paul was writing. So thought number one, what does it mean to belong to Christ Jesus? In our small groups, we've been studying through the slave book, which has left some of us unsettled, and some of us have embraced it for various reasons. When you hear the word belong, you may think of words like, Slave and master, harsh or kind, and ownership was a big one. Your thoughts are valid, but they're only one side of the coin. May I, may I also just suggest words to you like grace, mercy, peace, unconditional love, and joy. We who are, are saved here tonight should be able to relate to the word belong, as in belonging to Christ Jesus. But you may struggle with the word ownership. As humans, for the most part, beings. That's the way God has made us. Uh, We like to take 
in different things. We like to belong to certain groups, like I, I belong to this church. Or you can belong to a hunting club or a shooting club, or you can belong to a baseball team. Um, my brother and I, um, we had what we called our breakfast club, and we would meet every Saturday morning, every, the first Saturday of every month for breakfast, and it was a good time. It was a great time to be able to connect with them. Even if we didn't see, or see each other for that month, we had an opportunity to connect, to talk about future plans, project, things like that, that would inspire us. And it gave me a sense of belonging, something that I look forward to doing. But there's only one problem with that word belong. If we belong to something, we can also unbelong, if that's a word. We can stop belonging. I don't have to go to the breakfast club. In actuality, that was abruptly taken from me when my brother passed away in 2012. I miss him, and I miss that time with him dearly. We can quit the baseball team. We don't have to belong to it anymore if we don't want to. So does this mean we can stop belonging to Christ Jesus? Because that's what our verse said, for those that belong to Christ Jesus. Does that mean we can stop? When I looked at that verse in the original language, I found something very interesting. The word belong isn't there. And that's what I found interesting. What it does actually say is those now of Christ Jesus. So we have belong and of Christ Jesus. Big difference, and it adds a totally new dynamic to the word. It has a much stronger meaning, as in my arm. My arm is a part of my body. I can't, I can't separate what I could, but I wouldn't want to because it's part of me. Um, it belongs to me because it's a part of me. We who are called the elect are now a part of Christ. As we have ownership over our arm, so he has ownership over us. If you can't say amen there, you've got to say ouch. To underline or give credibility to this fact that we just discovered that we, that we are of Christ Jesus, a much stronger word when you're of something, but just to underline that, let's turn to 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 through 20. I'm going to do a little bit of Bible gymnastics tonight. I have a, four different passages that I want us to take a look at, just to kind of to underline and to add credibility. And my Bible is upside down. So, 1 Corinthians 9, sorry, 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 20, where it reads, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you've been bought with a price. So, so glorify God in your body. For you were bought with a price. Again, that sparked my interest. What does that mean? If we were bought, as, a, if we were bought, as Scripture says, this infers something needed to be paid for. When I need to purchase an item, I don't know about you, but I price shop. The bigger the item is, the more price shopping that I do. Once I have found the best deal possible that's out there, then I purchase the item. After I purchased, well, there, a, a, a transaction has to happen first. Once that transaction goes through, that item becomes mine. I have succeeded in my quest. I've paid the price. It is now mine. I have ownership. Don't know if you know this, and I'll let you in on a little secret. When you were born, there was a price tag attached to you. I didn't realize that, and for the greater part of my life, I lived as unto myself, as if the price tag was my own. The price tag attached to you and me, look at it one day, it's still there. On it it reads, of infinite value. 
And I thought that very interesting. Of infinite value. That's a one with endless or boundless zeros behind it. That's a lot of zeros. That kind of currency does not fit into a wallet. Some other questions that sparked my mind from that that needed to be asked were, what do we need to be purchased from? Who is doing the buying? And what kind of currency is used? We need to be purchased from the wrath of God. God is holy and is not in the presence of sin. Look at your price tag again. Flip it over. It reads the word sinner, written there in black permanent sharpie. There's only one thing that can blot out that word, the blood of Christ. It's the only currency accepted. And again, I thought, okay, blood of Christ. That's very dear. If we take a look at 1 Peter 1, um, 18 through 19. So 1 Peter 1, verses 18 through 19, where it reads, Knowing, so 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19. Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your, for, your forefathers, not with perishable things like silver or gold, like we just discussed, that monetary value, that one with a lot of zeros. So it says you're not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like, the, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Christ's lifeblood seems a magnanimous price to pay for a wretch like me. But why blood? Hebrews 9.22 tells us that. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. At the moment of your salvation, a transaction happened, just like I'm going to purchase that item I was talking about. So upon your salvation, a transaction happened. Your accrued sins were paid for. God's wrath was satisfied. The price paid, covering your and mine sin debt. The word sinner on your price tag changes to righteous. Well, that's a good thing. And on the flip side, where all those zeros were, it reads, paid in full. Christ did that for us when he saved us that price tag now becomes paid in full and righteous. So that was point number one. Point number two, and those who are called of Christ Jesus, it goes on to read, have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. And again, it's, an, um, it's important to understand that concept of the word have crucified. It's already been done, and to crucify means to fix to a cross with stakes to destroy or to mortify. So Romans 6, 1 through 4 reads, and that was something that I found very interesting as well, Romans 6, 1 through 4. So Romans 6, 1 through 4. What shall we say then? And this is Paul writing to the church. Are we to continue to sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can, we, how can we who die to sin still live in it? Did you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. There it is. This transaction that we spoke of comes to life in these verses. We were baptized into his death. Christ died that we might live. Our lives of sin and rebellion were crucified with him 
our sins thrust upon him, his flesh and our flesh with its passions and desires was staked to that cross. Praise him for this. Not only that, verse 4 of the same chapter reads, We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too now walk in the newness of life. that we were raised with Christ from dead by the glory of the Father, that we, I'm sorry, that we might walk in, in the newness of life. Some, some thoughts should come to mind, um, my brothers and sisters, when we, when we um, hear the term newness of life. I like, how Matthew, I like how Matthew Henry puts it. He's kind of my, my go-to when I, I do my studying. He says, note, if we should approve ourselves to Christ, such as are united to him in salvation and baptism and interested in him, we should make it our constant care and business to to crucify the flesh with its corrupt affections and lusts. And he goes on to say, now says he, if if we profess to be of this number, meaning of Christ's salvation or the ones that he has saved, and as such to have obtained this privilege, let us show it by temper and behavior agreeable hereunto let us evidence our good principles by our good practices. And there we have that newness of life. So what is he saying? In a nutshell, put on and put off. Put off and put on, the other way around. Are you, are you living like our master commands? Am I? Let me encourage you with that. Let me encourage you by saying that we are able to play an active role in our sanctification. All day and every day, we have choices to make. They can either draw us nearer to the cross or leave us stagnant or pull us further away from him. So those choices, those things that we have each day that come into our path, um, situations arise at work, at home, where, where someone says something and you have that split second to say something back. Do you say something that's going to edify and build up or are you going to say something that's going to tear them down? And it's amazing how words, when they say words are sharper than a two-edged sword, that's so very true. I can still very much so hear some of the words that my brother called me when I was five, six years old. They ring in the back of my head like it was yesterday. Those words are so, are so cutting. So in that split second, we can say, are we going to glorify God in what we're going to say? Is it going to bring glory to him? That's the reason we're talking about that. Tom talked about that glory to God focused. Are we bringing glory to God in the things that we do, the things that we say? We have that opportunity. Whoever we meet, we can either build up or we can tear that person down with a few words. And I know as a father of my own home, when my kids were young and even when they're older now, we have that power and it's, it's really frightening at times. Where we can set the mood of the home. We can either build up. I know I can tear it down with a few words. It doesn't take much and I've dragged everyone down with me. It's important that we as, we as fathers, one fellow that I talked to, when he came home from work, he had a worry tree, he called it. So he'd walk up to the worry tree. It was just some twigs in his backyard. He'd grab the twigs and hang on to them, and he said, there, Lord, I'm leaving these here in this tree. I'll, take, I'll pick them up again tomorrow on my way out, for tomorrow I'm going to leave them here. He went away empty-handed. He went back to his family, walked through the door. Hey, guys, how you doing? Happy. That was for tomorrow. He did not take it with him. I thought it was pretty, pretty smart. So we have choices to make. That road of sanctification, we're, we're all on at different points in it. 
are we encouraging others as we walk along, or are we standing still, are we stagnant, or are we just going backwards by tearing down? As long as we walk this, as long as we walk with uh, on this earth, we will always have this battle raging in us, the war between good and evil, building up or tearing down, giving God the glory or taking it for ourselves. The devil knows once we are saved, we are his. Nothing can separate us from God's love, Scripture reads. But what the devil can do is make us inactive. He can throw things in our lives that cause us to stumble, that cause us to, to even question. Those are the kind of things. That's why we need this. That's why we need this here, to encourage one another every Sunday, every Wednesday, to build each other up. I don't know about you, but I'm a leaky sieve. It goes in and goes out, goes in and goes out. We always need to be refilled. So the choices that we make in our, the choices that we make in our, even in our leisure time, do they glorify Christ or do they bring glory to self? Only you can answer that. To all of you, including me, we are, we are responsible to heed these words spoken. To, to, to those of us who are saved, we can sing with that old hymn, there's victory in Jesus, and I'm not going to sing it because you probably would be out the door, but, oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him. All my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath a cleansing flood. For, the, for, for, for those that are not saved, for those that are saved, we can re-sing that song for the, those that are not. The well-known excuses of, I'll try to be good, I'll read my Bible more, I'll put more in the offering basket, and one of my, fav- and one of my favorites, preacher, I done did that, meaning that hand was raised, preacher said, yeah, I saw that hand, you're saved. He doesn't have that power. We all know that, that he doesn't have the power to deem, to, to deem that person saved. Those excuses will never matter. No matter how sincere you are, you could be sincerely wrong. The, the debt of your price tag, true enough, your price tag will always say of infinite value, either purchased by Christ's blood or plunge into the depths of hell with you attached to it. Short, but I hope to the point, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Those who belong to those who are of Christ Jesus, we are of him. Those that he has saved by his precious blood, we are now of him. Let us walk like we are. Let us walk in the newness of life. When people meet us, even if we're not going to witness to them, give them a smile. Show them that there is a different way in this world. And for those that are not saved here tonight, I beg of you, if the Lord is knocking, if the Lord is calling you, drawing you, answer. Allow him And then it goes on to say that have crucified the flesh. He did that for us. He did that for us on the cross. Willingly, he took that there. It, our sins is not what held him there. It was his love for us. That's the part that blows me away. It was his love for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What an amazing concept. In my sin, in my rebellion, 
2,000 years ago, he died for me, knowing that. I always think of that picture in my mind um, of that rebellious child, and that was probably me for many years. You know, God's sitting here, and you done yet? I got all the time in the world, God says. Are you done yet? Okay. Finally, finally, the Lord, the, the Lord draws you with an irrevocable call, and you surrender, you bend your knee, and you say, you know, it's not about me, it's about you. Father, we come before you throne again, thanking for this day, for this time together, for my brothers and sisters in Christ, for your word. Father, I pray that it makes a difference to us, that Galatians 5.24 will be memorized for this coming Sunday, but not only memorized, that we take it to heart. We are of Christ. We are in you. Nothing can separate us from that. Our, our sins, our passions and desires are nailed to a cross. Father, I pray that you cause us to live that way. We ask all these things in your son's name. Amen.